I'm Monty. This is the Marriage Bites Podcast. We get real about the joys and challenges of marriage through bites of wisdom we have learned over the years. Our aim is to share this wisdom with you so your marriage won't bite. Hey. Welcome to the Marriage Bites Podcast. How's everybody doing? How are you doing? I'm fine. Everybody out there is saying, We're fine too. What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Today is my day off. So we're recording this podcast. And I've been doing some work in the garage. You know, handyman work. Good. Working on things. Drilling some metal. Tapping some holes. Cleaning rust. You know, playing with oil. Awesome. I have just been running into problem after problem this morning. First, there was a class I really wanted to go to. I couldn't get yeah. in. And then I tried to log into one of my websites. Couldn't log in. It was like, your account does not exist. I one was of like, your websites? Not my website, but log into a, a website. website. I was trying to log into this website in order to move my work forward. And then I was like having to troubleshoot that and figure out what was going on. So I had my day planned out really nicely. Things aren't quite going to plan, but it's okay. Technology attacked. Yep. It's just, this is the kind of day it is and yep. that's okay. When technology decides to go belly up, it goes belly up all the way. Oh yeah. There's no halfway. Yep. You should have punched the technology in the face. <sighs> totally should have. Or slapped it or give it a good knee to the groin. It's so effective. It is. <laughs> As someone I work with, you go for the golden harvest. <laughs> He says. Yep. <laughs> Not sure how you do that to technology, but I don't know. I'm sure somebody could figure out a way. All technology has a groin somewhere. <laughs> you just got to find it. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was way inappropriate. You're talking about kicking things in the groin. You brought it up. Whatever. You started it. Our listeners know that I'm the clean-minded one here. All right. Last week, we talked about the playbook, which if you missed it, go listen. You're going to want to hear that one first. There's a lot of good information in that playbook. Oh, I think so. But just if you haven't heard it, recap. A playbook is basically our idea of what other people are supposed to do. And if they don't do that, we think that they are the ones making us upset. Now... This week, we are talking about boundaries. Having good boundaries is sort of the response to the playbook. Instead of having a playbook for your marriage or for your other relationships, having good boundaries instead is what's going to help you create a healthier relationship. So you've been dropping this word boundary several times. Mm -hmm. What is a boundary? I mean, are we talking about building a fence, putting up a wall, maybe... You know, security guards, lasers, pew, pew. You know, you know, some people do have boundaries like that. They do. But we're talking about emotional lasers and emotional bricks that they use to build these huge walls around themselves. Right? I see. But first I'm going to talk about what a boundary <clears throat> isn't. A boundary isn't trying to control somebody else. So a boundary is not about controlling what another person does. A request is not a boundary. Trying to... Make other people do what you want them to do is not a boundary. That was what we talked about last week. That's more like having a playbook for them. Trying to control them so you can feel a certain way. 
Some people say saying no is a boundary and it's a good start. If somebody says, will you be the PTA president, for example, and you say no, that's a good start. But then if they're like, but please, 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 and then you say yes. Not a boundary. Then that's not really a boundary. No, it's not. Or if you say yes, I will do this thing, and then you don't. We don't really talk about saying yes as being a boundary, but sometimes it is. Sometimes you can say saying no to one thing means saying yes to another thing. So if you're like, sorry, I am not going to be the PTA president because I'm going to be the coach of my kid's soccer team, but then you don't coach the soccer team, then you're not holding yourself accountable for what you said you were going to do, what you told yourself you were going to do. So a boundary in order to be a true boundary, has to be followed by action. Yes. So in other words, a boundary is an if-then statement. If you do this, I will do that. Yes. And so basically another way of thinking about it is a rule for yourself that you made and you keep. Right. Sometimes it's important to communicate your boundaries to other people, but not every time. Sometimes it's something that you just decide for yourself that you will or will not tolerate something and then you just hold yourself to that boundary because boundaries are about you they're not about other people so one easy example of a boundary line a physical boundary is the fence around your yard and it is to allow some people in and keep other people out emotionally we let some people in but we keep other people out Boundary lines are for safety, and the people that you feel safe letting in, you let them in, and the people that you don't feel safe with, you keep them out. And sometimes these are healthy boundaries, and sometimes they aren't, but we'll probably talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. So I have a great story about setting a boundary uh, versus just telling somebody to stop something. Soon after we were married, I worked for a, a guy who did, who did construction. We helped build some buildings for your father-in-law. Well, this construction guy, he's a contractor, older guy. He kept forgetting my name and he would call me Marty. Well, my name is Monty and I didn't like being called Marty. Well, my father-in-law heard me being called Marty one day and he thought that was hilarious. And then for years, he called me Marty. He thought he, it was funny. He thought it was funny. And I told him numerous times to stop and that I didn't like it. He kept doing it. I, I don't think he was getting it. I don't remember if it was a year ago or less, but it was recently. He again called me Marty at some family event. And I told him, if you call me Marty again, I am going to leave. Mm -hmm. I actually then finally set a true boundary mm -hmm. and I was ready to back it up. Mm -hmm. I was really going to leave. And I think he finally got it. He quit calling me Marty. He hasn't called me Marty since. Mm -hmm. And frankly, if he does, I will kick him out of my house or I will leave his place if I'm there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not about him. It's about you doing what you're going to do to protect yourself from being called things you don't want to be called or whatever the boundary right. is about. Do you have another example? Yes. So this isn't personally my problem because my mother and my mother-in-law both live hours away. They never come. They don't come as often as they would like. So I feel like I have the opposite problem, but that's for another day. <laughs> but if you have somebody who comes over uninvited all the time and you're like man I just wish they would at least call before you come so that I know you're coming if they continue to you can request you can make a request please call before you come 
And sometimes they'll honor that request and sometimes they will not. Right. Just like I made the request for years not to be called Marty. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I set that boundary that it finally stopped. Uh Uh-huh. So if that keeps happening, the request is, please call before you come. If the boundary continues to be violated by the person, then the boundary would could be something like, if you come over uninvited, I will not open the door for you. But that's about what I will do, not about what the mother does. It's not about controlling whether or not she gets in her car and drives to your house. We can't control whether the mother gets in the car and drives to your house. But you do have control over whether or not she's allowed in. But I always, for the record, want my mother and my mother-in-law to come. So, like I said, not a personal problem, but I know there are people who would like a little bit more space sometimes. Right. I think the whole thought or the whole idea of boundaries, it's not difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty easy thing to understand. I think a lot of times with boundaries, we, we put a negative connotation to them or I don't know if we actually put a positive one, but a lot of people will put a negative spin or connotation or belief mm-hmm. or thought about boundaries. But really boundaries are, they're neither positive or negative. They just are. Mm-hmm. There are people though who think that in order to set a boundary, there has to be confrontation. Yeah, conflict. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Sometimes there is. But again, if a boundary is about you and what you will do, confrontation, totally optional. Right. Really, they just are. Mm-hmm. And the person being, the boundary being set set for, they may take that as negative or positive. They may be upset. Mother who wants to come over and see the grandkids anytime she wants might be like, what's going on? It's not fair. I should be able to come in anytime I want. And holding that boundary firm is going to most likely cause discomfort for you if she's upset about you holding firm to your boundaries. Being able to tolerate her upset for you protecting your boundary is part of the deal. But I think that's a big reason why holding boundaries strong is hard for a lot of people, Mm. especially when it's someone that you love, someone like your mom or your mother-in-law or your father-in-law or your spouse. Or your fabulous husband. Yes, that. That's me. Yes. So saying stop coming over isn't a boundary. Saying stop calling me Marty, not a boundary. No, they're just requests. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes complaints, sometimes a complainy request. But still, just a request. And the other adults in your life, newsflash, they're adults. They get to do what they want. You get to request that your mother stops coming over unannounced. And she gets to continue to come over uninvited if that's what she chooses to do. How much drama, though, from the relationship just evaporates when you decide she comes over? Fine. She gets to. I get to not open the door. She gets to be upset about me not opening the door. I get to go on and have the kind of day that I want to have. And she gets to not be there unless she calls. I bet next time she wants to come over and see you, she'll call first. Again, she might not. And if she doesn't, that's okay too. Yeah. All this talk about boundaries set with people that like family and things, that does happen. But there's also professional boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think of a lot of times where I've set boundaries at work. And those generally have a pretty high stake involved because... There's people I've had to set boundaries with because they're doing something wrong or unethical or, or illegal. illegal. And it's like, you stop doing this or this is what I'm going to have to do. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to report you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they sometimes have higher stakes. And sometimes those can be pretty hard too because you don't want to ruin somebody. Yeah. You don't want to ruin their professional life. 
Losing your job is pretty high stakes for most people. For the record, I haven't had to do that very often. Mm -hmm. In fact, my current career, I've had to do it almost never. There's been a couple times where I have. Mm -hmm. I feel like they run a pretty good ship over there. Well, I like to think, and everyone has their own beliefs about this, but the people I work with are pretty high caliber people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the world of almost all of them. They're just great people. They all have their problems. We all do. But they're really good people. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. The ones that I've met, haven't met everybody, but... Even the ones that are more rough around the edges are still really good people. They really are. They really are. They don't believe it themselves, but they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> I think one of the main reasons that people have such a hard time holding boundaries is because of this high stakes idea. If it's somebody that you ran across at Walmart, some person you don't even know their name... Having a boundary with them is easy, but if it's your spouse or your mother-in-law, somebody that you feel like you need to keep a close relationship with, it can be harder. The reason for that is that if someone is upset with you or if there's conflict or upset feelings between two people, it makes your lower brain feel like you're going to get kicked out of the tribe and you feel like you're going to die. You feel like you're going to destroy that relationship. And you feel like this relationship has to be, like, for example, if it's your mother-in-law, you're like, well, I have to keep a good relationship with her because I'm married to her son. And if my relationship with her isn't great, it might affect my relationship with my husband too. Right. I think our spouses are some of the hardest people to have strong boundaries with for that very reason. Like for me, if something were to happen and our relationship were to fall apart, having been a stay-at-home mom for all those years, what kind of disaster would that bring to my life? So I was very interested in keeping that relationship strong. And our, our primitive brain really thinks that sacrificing yourself for the relationship is going to be a good thing. It doesn't understand that the damage down the line it's going to have. And so your brain is like, I just need to be safe right now. I don't care what's going to happen next week or next year. The higher thinking part of your brain is like, I think at first it agrees with your lower brain. It's like, oh yeah, we got to be safe. We got to just keep the relationship together. And if we just have to sacrifice a little bit, especially because we're told when you get married, it's a lot of sacrifice. You have to sacrifice so much for the marriage. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but sometimes we take that piece of information and end up sacrificing too much. And then because we think that we can't have a strong boundary because having a strong boundary makes husband upset, being upset is not okay because it might mean our marriage is over and I'm on the streets. So that's kind of the conversation that's happening in your primitive brain. And so it says that can't happen. So I'll just sacrifice a little bit more in order to keep the peace between the relationship. But that means often not holding strong to your boundaries. Um... But at some point, your higher brain wakes up and goes, hold on, this is not working for me anymore. I don't like the way things are going in my relationship. And I want to start establishing boundaries. Sometimes the beginning of this process, it's kind of difficult to decide where I want my boundaries to be. And sometimes it takes some time to like really clarify and solidify what you will and will not be willing to accept or tolerate. Right. I think it takes a lot of maturity for a lot of this stuff. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the topics we talk about, it takes a lot of maturity because I can see a scenario where setting boundaries with your spouse or, or a family member could snowball out of control. Mm-hmm. For example, 
If I came to you and I said, Andalyn, I'm setting a boundary that if you don't clean this kitchen, then I'm not going to make dinner ever again. And then if you immaturely said, well, if you don't make dinner, then I'm not going to sleep in the same room as you. Or, or I'm going to go break the shower door. And you don't want to make boundaries from your primitive brain in an indulgent way or in a like punitive way. The lower brain wants to set boundaries in a really punitive way, which means, well, fine then. If you don't do that, then I'm just not going to do this. Fine. And that's sort of this lower brain toddler tantrum. But to make those boundaries from your more... Enlightened brain. Higher brain. Yes, from the more logical part of yourself that realizes, okay... That was, yes, he just made the live long and prosper sign. <laughs> I was told I can't bring a certain show into this podcast, so I haven't said it yet, <laughs> but I am sitting here doing a certain sign with He the didn't hand. say it, but he thought it. <laughs> oh, I did think it. I'm not. Yes. But the initials to this TV show and movies is ST. I'm not supposed to talk about it. Okay. When you make boundaries... From the more mature part of yourself, those are much more likely to be healthy boundaries. There are unhealthy boundaries. And I feel like that goes two different ways. There's unhealthy boundaries where you keep people out too much. And there's unhealthy boundaries where you let people in too much. So letting in toxic behavior or letting in things that don't align with your values can be an unhealthy boundary. But then also having your walls be too thick and too many emotional lasers keeping everybody out, that's also can be unhealthy because you are not allowing yourself to love other people, basically. And you're not allowing yourself to be loved. You're not allowing yourself to have that connection that we as humans need for our survival. I just had an interesting thought. Earlier we talked about making requests of people and then making boundaries. And this is... I guess looking at this from the other side, if somebody is setting a boundary on you, they've likely made a request on you already and mm. you didn't pick up on that. So if if somebody makes a request for you to do something or not to do something, honor it so that boundaries don't have to be set on you. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had that happen to me recently. Uh, you know, your sister's, her husband, I called him a certain name because I thought it was funny. Once I learned he didn't like it, and yes, I did the same thing my father-in-law was doing. Once I learned he didn't like it, that was, I picked up on that and I thought, he has made a request to have this stop and I have stopped. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to set a boundary on me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to because I picked up on that request. Okay. So when people request things of you, if it's reasonable, follow that request. Mm. Don't be immature. Don't be, as Biff would say in uh, Back to the Future, don't be a butthead. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But again, we don't always see that. Now, this is just a tiny side tangent. There are people who legit cannot pick up on social cues, not because they're a jerk, but because they are not neurotypical. If we don't understand a person's neurodiversity, then we will expect certain behaviors of them. And if they don't, then we're like, what the heck? Sometimes it's really important to understand Is this person capable of doing the thing that I'm asking of them? This is another thing that causes a lot of conflict in marriages is like, and again, it's not about being on the spectrum or ADHD only, but also like, what is their stress level? 
What are they, what's going on in their life? We can only hold so much in our brain and our mind and our life at once. And what is going on? Are they actually capable of hearing what I'm saying? Are they actually capable of understanding this request? And the other side of that is sometimes we say, you're not helping enough around here. And we think we're asking for help. And that's not even a request. That's just a complaint. So understand if you're requesting something of somebody, make sure it's an actual request, not just a complaint. Because of course, if you didn't request anything, then you have no right to say, to be upset that they didn't hold the boundary that you set because there was no boundary set and there wasn't even a request made. So that's important to understand that part of it too. That's a part where you kind of look at yourself. Does this person know what I want? Do they know that I don't want to be called Marty? Or do they know that I want them to pick up their socks? Does my husband know that I want him to hang up his towel or whatever it is? Sometimes I've found, I can only speak for myself, I would say things more of like a hinting. Like, wouldn't it be nice if... And he was like, okay, yeah, that would be nice or whatever. And he didn't understand that I was saying, instead saying, will you please take out the garbage? Which he are you referring to? I don't know. Any of the he's. Okay, because that sounds uh, very familiar to me. So like, will you please take out the garbage? It's not like, somebody needs to take out the garbage. Why has nobody taken out the garbage yet? Do you see how those two are very different? They both sound fantastic. (laughs) Making sure that (laughs) if you wish to communicate your requests, if you wish to communicate your boundaries, that you do so in a way that the other person can understand. One more principle of boundaries that I think is really, really important to talk about is that not being honest with yourself and not having enough self-respect sets you up for it to be easy for other people to cross your boundaries. We all know the people in our lives who don't have very strong boundaries, who you know that you can sort of take advantage of if you were to choose to. You know what I'm talking about, right? The more self-respect and self-trust you have, the more honest with yourself that you are, the better your boundaries will be. You will make your boundaries from a more mature place. And also you will uphold those boundaries because it's not a boundary if you don't uphold it. What was it? My coach was like, if you have a fence and you just, and it tips right over, not really a very good boundary, is it? Um, but when you have, when you're honest with yourself and you trust yourself, then you are able to uphold those boundaries with integrity. If you aren't trusting yourself, you're going to question and say, well, maybe, maybe I'm just being mean. I'm a mean mom, or maybe I'm just being a bad wife, or you're going to question yourself and then kind of talk yourself out of it from that. I'm afraid I'm going to be kicked out of the tribe part of your brain. And then you will give on your boundaries. And then, well, should you reevaluate your boundaries after a time? Well, is, sure. Is boundaries something that you should reevaluate from time to time? Absolutely. I think so. I think they definitely can and should change depending on the person and depending on all kinds of different circumstances. Situations. Yeah, just depending on the situation, of course, boundaries can change depending on your own maturity. One thing that I really think about boundaries is that they are here to protect us and the amount of protection that you need from others will change based on your trauma, 
based on your maturity level, based on how much stress you're feeling, based on so many of those kinds of things, that there's times when I need a lot of protection and I need to like move the boundary a little bit further and make it the wall a little bit thicker or something. And then there's other times where I feel like I'm really strong right now. I'm healing myself. I'm taking care of myself. I can handle other people's behavior a little bit better. I can handle a screaming child, for example. I can handle, you know, a conflict with another person from a much different place because I am taking care of myself. So the amount of protection you need depends on how you are. It's not necessarily about the people around you. And that's okay. It's okay that there's times when you need boundaries to be different than other times. But if you personally have trauma that has not been healed, good chance you're not going to be able to tolerate other people and their trauma as much as you would if you had resolved your issues for yourself. Anything else to talk about when it comes to boundaries? Yes, there's one more thing. I would ask, why are boundaries important at all? Why do we care? Why do we care? Because having healthy boundaries allows us to love other people better. When my boundaries aren't healthy, meaning like if I'm letting people in who aren't good for me, I'm not taking care of myself and I'm not holding them accountable, that's an unhealthy relationship and you're not really able to love somebody fully in that way. On the other hand, if my walls are up too high and they're not letting anybody in, you're also not allowing yourself to love other people. But for example, in the mother-in-law coming over, if you say, stop coming over, stop coming over, stop coming over, and she still comes over, resentment builds because you think she's the one making you unhappy. We know that that's not entirely true, but you're mad at her, right? Then there's just resentment and bad feelings between you because of this thing that's happening. When you set the boundary and say, you can come, but I'm not going to let you in unless you call first, then all of that drama, all of that negative feelings toward that person, maybe they don't go away completely, but they go way down. It allows you to love them more. It allows you to accept them and say, yeah, she can come and I cannot let her in. And so the reason for boundaries beyond protecting yourself is to allow you to truly love other people because your happiness isn't dependent on their behavior anymore. So you're free to truly love them for who they are. And I think we need to do another episode about that. Maybe in the future, we'll kind of pick this up again and go a little bit deeper into that. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Tell your friends. Yeah. Because everybody needs to take a little bit of bite or take a little bite out of marriage. Everybody needs their marriage to not bite. Yes. Oh, what are we? I don't know. <laughs> take a bite out of their marriage. Take a bite out of crime, but it's take a bite out of marriage. Huh, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right. I don't know if thing. that works really. No. Yeah, most people. Well, most people who would listen to this probably know that that uh, uh, thing. It was kind of the eighties and nineties. Oh yeah, I remember that dog. Yeah. That was so funny. McGruff, the crime yes, dog. I do. I don't remember that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why they think detectives wear trench coats everywhere. I think it's a Hollywood thing. Oh, totally. Maybe detectives did at one time. You know what? It's probably Sherlock Holmes. He wore a trench coat everywhere. Um, it's probably where it comes from. Probably. Was there a time when detectives just wore trench coats everywhere? I don't think so. Hmm. Sherlock Holmes? 
he didn't exist. I know I just burst somebody's bubble out there. He didn't exist. <laughs> Fictional character. But had a very specific wardrobe. Yes, he had that weird hat, a pipe, and a trench coat-ish looking mm-hmm. thing. That's, yeah. Good character development there because we all know Sherlock Holmes. We can see a picture and be like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know why his sidekick was the only one that carried a gun though. Sherlock should have probably had one too. Well, if you read some of the Sherlock Holmes uh, books, you realize that there's times when Sherlock, if he had a gun, he could have taken care of business. But he mm. didn't. Mr. Watson had to take care of business. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's enough rambling, I guess. Well, thanks for coming. All right. Bye. Beep loop. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Bites podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Let us know what you took away from this episode by sending us an email at info at You can also see what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Andalyn Price Coaching. Or you can visit my website, andalynprice.com, to learn more. See you next week. Bye! The... What's the word I'm looking for? That made me think of the old Chia commercials where they're, Ch-ch-ch-chia! This is like, b-b-b-boundaries! Oh! Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. B-b-b-boundaries! Okay. <laughs> a boundary. I want more Sean the Sheep. Of course you do. More Sean the Sheep. Sometimes I put on a longer show when I need more than 15 minutes. So. Well, you know, we've been dragging our wagon. There's that pro tip for you there. <laughs> and it's the kind of thing where you say. Seriously, a longer show is what we need. Uh, these are longer. They are 13 minutes. <laughs> yes, you. I'm supposed to answer yes. <laughs> Thanks. That was really helpful. <laughs>